The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Okay, um, we see them with their human partners on crime scenes or sniffing out maybe contraband at places like the Edmonton Airport. But have you ever stopped to think about what happens when a when a police dog retires? Uh, unlike their human partners, they don't get a pension and the toll the job has taken on their body can be really costly for their owners. Uh, there's a new society in town and it's called Ned's Wish and it is committed to helping retired police dogs enjoy a good life, a good quality of life after or during retirement by making sure there are people there to adopt them and then the finances to help cover their health care costs. It is a cause for heroes with paws. I love that. Um, joining me in studio this afternoon, RCMP Superin- Superintendent Stacy Talbot, who is the president of Ned's Wish, along with Inspector Leon Fiedler, uh, who is a Mountie, who has spent 17 years with a canine companion. And we have one retired police dog, the big boy Fraser, welcome to the studio. Arctic. Oh no, that's Arctic. Arctic yes. yes, that one's Arctic. <laughs> ah, Arctic. Well, all of you, welcome to the studio. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Who's today. Ned? Ned. Well, actually, both uh, Leon and I um, can talk to Ned. Um, <laughs> Leon can probably speak to Ned's working life better than I can. But uh, I came into possession of Ned when he retired. Uh, retired Sergeant Phil Graham was his handler uh, when he when he first uh, started with the dog in BC. And then when he reteamed uh, with Sergeant Ken Barker out of Manitoba, he worked in Manitoba as well. He went on some famous calls with both handlers. Mm-hmm. Um, Ned actually was uh, at the unfortunate incident in Manitoba on the Greyhound bus. Oh. So Ned was very special in a lot of ways, and um, I was just privileged and honored to have Ned when he retired and got to spend five glorious years with that dog. Um, And we did all kinds of things, but Ned being Ned would get into anything and everything, (laughs) which I'm sure as Leon will tell you, most police dogs because of the work they do and how they're bred, that's that's in them. And um, he was very, very special, but we did uh, always seem to be struggling or dealing with some sort of a medical issue based on his work life and different things that had happened. So, so Leon, maybe give uh, the listeners an, uh, an idea of uh, the 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 trauma, the toll that gets put on these dogs' bodies. Well, we have to think about um, right from the time that they're young. We we start training them to do um, fairly long long endurance work. Um, so, uh, one of the primary jobs that our dogs do is tracking. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, for RCMP dogs, um, when we track in rural areas, um, those tracks can sometimes go for literally hours and miles. Um, and it requires a dog to be able to have uh, elements of agility and and also be able to just go long distance. And, and we put literally thousands of miles on these dogs over a period of years. And there's a lot of jumping um, when they're doing things like... Uh, drug searching Mm. or bomb searching you'll see them going up high on top of obstacles and things like that and then jumping down cutting in and out of the vehicles on a repeated basis and they're just they're subject to overuse injuries just like humans are so you'll see we start to see joint problems uh back problems hip problems and and things like that uh, develop over time and then there's other things that can occur as well um you know just 
things that are genetic uh, yeah. predispositions. Like, for example, one of the conditions that Arctic has is uh, a condition called panis, which is an eye, eye condition that's um, really just common to German shepherds. Okay. And so it will eventually cause him to lose his sight. And, you know, so one of the things that I do is I have uh, steroid drops for him that, you know, are a, a, an ongoing basis that, that's going to cost you know, roughly $50 a month for him. Well, and, and when you think about it, I mean, for those of us who, who have pets, you know, I've had, you know, you know, Brittany Spaniels, I've had Chesapeake Bay Retrievers, I've had Border Collies, I've had Labs, you name it. And if they've had, they've had knee injuries, for example, and, and just the cost, let's say, for, you know, fixing a, a knee injury in a dog, um, just uh, your your average dog is, uh, is it's pricey. But if, if it's a cumulative as well, given the amount of work that these dogs, that can really add up, can't it? Totally. I no, mean, you had a, was it you that had the dog that, you know, had some injuries that the, the cost ranked right up around 50 grand? Yeah, actually, that was Ned. Um, yeah. So Ned, when in his working days, had blown out his ACL. Yeah. They played and pinned it. And then uh, near the end, before he retired, he got like a stick tracking through the bush, as you guys would. Infection got in it. And the infection you couldn't treat. The only way of treating it was to go back in, remove the plate, remove the pins. Oh, my gosh. So uh, the first week I had that dog was a $3,500 surgery <laughs> to go in. Um, and then we had a prostatic abscess, which I basically, the vet said, you either need to say goodbye today or it's $7,000. Mm. And I mean, those are, you know, just in the first uh, few, the first year of having them, um, those are the type of bills we were looking at. There are some folks, and I can guarantee you, there's some folks out there that are listening and then and are, and are thinking, well, $3,500, so okay, we'll say see you, see you later, like or $50,000 $50, total. No, you know, that's just, you know, off the charts. What do you say to those folks? Well, I mean, obviously... Because we all have different loves, right? Absolutely. And what we want to help. Absolutely. And I mean, when you think of all the work that these animals have put into keeping our community yeah. safe... Um, I don't think the public really maybe has an appreciation of how demanding that is on their bodies and that they've, you know, and as you can see with Arctic, <laughs> he does all his work because he gets his ball at the yeah. end of the day. And so the problem too, as you've pointed out, is a lot of these injuries, the insurance companies won't even no, cover. No, So really when you take carriage of a retired uh, police dog, it comes with some substantial financial burdens to look after them from a medical well-being. So Leon, I think some people want to know, and I think people would just suspect that most um, dogs when they retire um, would just stay with their handler. Um, yeah, and in a lot of cases that, that is the case uh, where we'll um, like, for example, Arctic retired with me, but um, Arctic was also the third police service dog that I worked. So the first two dogs ended up going to other homes because I was carrying on to work work the next mm. dog. Um, and obviously, um, I've got a lot larger emotional attachment to him because uh, we spent so much time together. Um, you know, I've, he's been with me since he was about 10 months old. Wow. So, um, and for the the uh, seven or eight years that he was operational he probably spent more time with me than he spent or than i spent with my family what uh, is that relationship like what is that relationship between you and the in your canine partner well the i mean uh, the bond between uh, a handler and his dog is uh, it's really something that it's hard to describe but um we spend again we spend so much time together and the bond is so so important to being able to develop the dog as a working animal yeah and so if you have a good bond, you, you will ultimately have a lot more success with your dog. And, and so what ends up happening is you do form a, relation, a very close relationship. And, and 
you know, I used to always make jokes about it. You know, I, he was a great partner because he never talked back. <laughs> um, but he, you know, he was also a partner that I always knew would look after me. Yeah, absolutely. So when uh, a police dog retires, can anybody adopt them? Like, how does one adopt uh, a police dog? So what happens in, in that instance is we, we refer to it as handler discretion. Um, so what'll, the handler will generally, in anticipation of the dog retiring, will make the decision as to whether they're going to attempt to keep the dog themselves or they'll start looking for a new home for the, for the dog. Um, and yeah, they don't always settle into, uh, into a conventional home quite the way some people would expect. Um, I think a lot of people, when they're uh, thinking the idea of taking on a, a police dog, they think, well, they're, they're highly trained and, and uh, <laughs> therefore they're just going to do everything I ask of them and they'll be the ultimate dog at home. But really what you have to take into consideration is they're, they're uh, an alpha, well, you know, a dominant animal. And what will happen is if you're not comfortable with dogs or you're not familiar with dogs, they'll take over your house. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm guessing that Arctic isn't isn't like Roxy, the German Shepherd who lives next door at my house. I mean, Roxy is, you know, she's a big, beautiful German Shepherd, but she's a, she's not been trained like right. like this dog. And so people think, oh, I'm just getting a beautiful German Shepherd. And there's a lot more that, that comes along with it, isn't there? Well, there certainly is. And, and I mean, and, you know, I, certainly one of the things that we have to take into consideration is is that we do, one of the things we train dogs for is, is the criminal apprehension mm-hmm. profile. And so you have to be aware that this is a dog that's been taught how to bite people. And so you have to be comfortable handling a dog that has that kind of training as w- well. Was it a learning cl- curve for you, Stephanie? Oh, absolutely. It's Stacy. I just called you I Stephanie. I got to tell you, I was lucky with, with uh, Ned, um, but this new retiree that I have, Frazier, <laughs> because he retired relatively early because of back issues, mm. um, that dog, as soon as he comes out of the truck, the nose is on the ground. He's going to work. Uh, we, we've we had a few incidents with family members that I've had to be very, very careful with because he's working. And, and you can just see when you when you come into contact with these dogs, the look on their face and, you know, they're ready. They're like, I'm, where, where am I going to work? Am I sniffing? Hmm. Am, what am I doing? So it's there. Does that ever diminish? No. No. <laughs> Unfortunately not. I mean, as they get older, it does a little bit um, for sure. But I mean, I... Uh, the first thing that happens when I open the door to my house, um, Arctic still goes around and does a quick drug search of the house. You know, um, uh, you know, probably made life miserable for my teenage children. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess pre-legalization. But uh, but it was that's the thing. As soon as he walked into a, he was so used to it, the only time he was inside a residence was for a drug search. So that that's the first thing that comes to his mind when he walks into a door. Oh, because he oh, d- does he sleep inside? Um, you know what? Actually, he uh, he stays in my garage. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just um, I, you know, it's uh, he's uh, he would patrol the house and keep you awake half the night. I really? Think. You know, he's still got that much energy. I mean, he's eleven years old, but he still is uh, very alert to that kind of thing. So, Stacy, um, you are um, the president of Ned's Wish. This is something that you're passionate about. That you've you, you've worked with these, or you've seen, you know, these. These beautiful animals uh, through through the system for so many years. Um, we'll take a break here, but when we come back, let's find out you know exactly why it was and and how it works. How does this work, and what you want people to know about? Stay with us, Stacy Talbot, uh, the president of Ned's Wish, uh, also an RCMP superintendent, and Leon. Fiedler, who is uh, an advisory board member and has 27 years of service in the RCMP. And, uh, and, and, and the, the creature that you hear panting heavily in the background 
It's not CBG. It is, in fact, Arctic. It is uh, one of the retired police dogs. So stick around. More to come. Okay, it is called uh, Ned's Wish, and uh, it is a charity that is that is providing medical funding for canine retirees. Stacy Talbot joining me in studio. Leon Fiedler as well. Did I say that? I, <laughs> yeah, you I, did. I question it every time. I'm having troubles with names today for some reason. We both were, uh, well, all of us were all in tears during the break here. So as we're trying to kind of get everything uh, all back on track here, someone texted in wanting to know, um, doesn't the government help with any of this, doesn't, you know, to pay for any of the costs of, uh, you know, helping these animals? Uh to be honest, as you know, police budgets are all federally funded and mm. police dogs are an invaluable resource um, in keeping our communities safe. So policing budgets are kind of allocated with the same goal. Now, I know some of our larger or some of our municipal agencies that have a very small number of dogs um, can do some, gr- you know, they do as best that they can um, with looking after their retired dogs. But any of the big ticket items would still be very difficult for mm. them to be able to deal with. So, you know, we work with law enforcement enforcement because we understand that we understand that the it's all publicly funded and taxpayers dollars can only go so far and we have to keep our working dogs working so you know that's why for myself I really saw that that's where there was the gap right is when because I'm on my third retiree (laughs) and I've been very privileged um, and then over the last few years with the spike in medical costs and insurance and um, it just they just aren't there it's not because they don't want to take care of them it's not because they're behind us 100% and law enforcement's Mm -hmm. been fabulous it's just that's unfortunately just that's where it is yeah so how how would it work so if if someone if if one of the dogs needed uh, a treatment of, of some sort uh, the, would the owner just go ahead and get it done and then submit how, how does that exactly. work exactly okay. so so essentially what happens is people register with ned's wish their retired dogs we do a process just to validate confirm. and confirm <laughs> yep. legitimize that it, this is a, a dog from a accredited law enforcement agency and it doesn't cost anything they just go to the website bottom of the website register a dog send in all the information uh some pictures we put them on the website we verify it's a legitimate police dog and then if they happen to have uh require any kind of medical uh treatment we need it from a certified veterinarian yeah. so they pay the bills and then they submit the receipts to us and that then depending on funding you know how much available funding depending on the needs of the dog and what type of injury it is uh we are able to reimburse them is this just an alberta thing no um because of course it's stacy's <laughs> always been known to why would you start small <laughs> i am starting in alberta alberta's home but when i really looked at it uh when i wanted to start ned's wish this is really for all retired uh police dogs in canada so as long as it's an accredited uh, law enforcement agency under the canadian association of chiefs of police um they're more than welcome we have dogs in newfoundland we have dogs in bc and we're we're just getting started but we're hoping to get like points of contact and chapters to start in the different provinces but we will take any retired police dog and the the website is nedswish.com and you go on there and you can see these these beautiful animals and you you see uh, some of the pictures of the dogs who have who have passed on and um, w- when you take a look at at, at those dogs and, and you read uh, about them and and what they did for our communities um, what goes through your mind? Who wants? I got. You know what, um, Leon? I'm going to put you on the spot with that one. Well, I mean, you know, I look at uh, for myself. I look at it from a much more personal point of view. I look at it as what a lot of what these dogs have done for me personally. Um, you know, they've 
I've I've always felt confident when I've uh, been out in the field working with my dogs, like that that they were going to help me get home at the end of a shift. And uh, but the other side of it is the amount of work that they do um, to support the community, and um, whether it's uh, locating and apprehending criminals or locating lost and missing people um or even just taking uh you know recovering property or taking uh drugs off the street like they do they do so much i mean i i look back as uh i think it was arctic's very first drug search and he uh, managed to find a kilo of cocaine um in in a hidden compartment in a vehicle and uh um and i remember when i when we finished that search saying you know, this dog could basically do nothing for the next seven years, and that was probably worth it. <laughs> right there, and I think about, you know, um, I think about, um, you know, the dogs that that find children who have who have gone have gone missing. You know, that sort of stuff. I mean, that is. So Frazier, my current retiree, um, he, his handler, and he got a commission, uh, uh, commanding officer's commendation. He was stationed in the Lower Mainland. Uh, We had an elderly lady with dementia go missing. She was missing for two days, and they managed to track her and find her. And she, while she was in a hypothermic state, um, she got to the hospital and she got help as well. So really over my policing career, you know, they're the unsung hero. They're mm-hmm. finding the missing people. They're finding the kids. They're doing small article searches and getting the murder weapons. They're coming on our h- highest of risk calls. Um, and, because and, we, they're, and we know that, you know, their lives are put on the line every single day. Quanto. Quanto, I mean, right? Yeah. yeah, think about Quanto right there. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Stacey, Leon, I want to thank you for joining me uh, this afternoon and, and letting uh, Chedville know about Ned's Wish. Again, if you want to find out more about it, it's nedswish.com and uh, look forward to seeing uh, where this goes. Look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having us. And we're all volunteers. It's 100% volunteers, and all the donations go right back into the dog. So uh, we look forward to receiving those to help take care of our retired heroes because it truly is uh, a cause for heroes with paws. Uh, 